Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Well, welcome back as we head into hour two. It's a delight to have in studio Sam, my main man, Sam. Sam Stone, he is uh, a candidate and uh, running for city council in Phoenix. He is also the uh, chief policy advisor to uh, Kerry Lake. And uh, one of the most, really honestly, one of the most uh, fertile minds I know. I just love talking to him. There are no topics off limits. And uh, he extends, of course, that uh, invite to uh, you on the line as well or uh, in the audience who may want to call in and ask. Uh, it's an Ask Sam Anything hour is what it is. And that number is 602-508-0960. A lot of people want to talk about the Trump-DeSantis contratat. We'll do that as well. Sam, welcome back. <laughs> Seth, thanks. Thanks for having me. I, nothing's happened since I was on here last week. Absolutely no new news to report. So I don't even know why we're having this discussion. Today. I mean, you know. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, your race for city council, yeah. it's within about five votes. It's as with, of it, now. Yeah, not five what points, point five votes. Yeah, five votes. So yeah. uh, top two go to the runoff. I am five points out, five votes outside of the runoff right now. And that's actually every drop since the very first one. Um, which was all the early ballots. Uh, ever ever since then, I've been gaining. Good. So Good. even last night when Carrie Lake lost ground yeah. on the drop in Maricopa, I actually gained ground. Oh, okay. So I went from 90, 96 votes back to, to five. So keep hope alive, and uh, I expect uh, Sam to uh, prevail in that. Question generically, and we'll get to callers in a moment. If you're on hold, just we'll get right to you in a moment. Um, generic, take it any way you want, because... You know, I get asked a lot of questions about our election processes here, Sam, and I think there's probably a hundred people in this state that know less about it than me, but not more than that. And there's <laughs> probably, <laughs> yeah, you know a lot about the, it. The, the, okay. prob- the problem is, Seth, 90 of those people work at county recorders' offices. <laughs> That's great. What should we be thinking about uh, things right now as far as the processes and the count? I, well, two two things. One, I wouldn't be as conspiratorial about this as some people are. But two, this system is totally wrecked. I mean, this is a joke. When you have Florida that counted seven million votes in five hours after their election, they're done. Then look, we need to just look at Florida, copy that election system, which after 2000, the hanging chads, the Bush, you know, famous Supreme Court case – they figured their stuff out. They got down. They they nailed this. They are have they have secure elections. You still have mail ballots, but they have a process that allows better security than we do. It allows them to be counted, but not the the results not known to anybody before election day. They they cut they set a deadline well ahead of election day. So if those don't come in in the mail, you know, like a week ten days before election day. They don't count. I had a caller yesterday, an expat, an expatriate from Florida moved here. He said uh, it's not a big enough story that Florida actually has the best voting system in the country. They really, after 2000, after Bush Gore, and we ought to send a delegation of interested yeah. parties down and go visit with them. And if Carrie Lake wins, that's going to be one of the first things I advise her to do is just send people to Florida, copy their system top to bottom, because they really did get it right. Good. And, and they have convenience. 
They, they're not disenfranchising anybody. The vote percentages in every ethnicity, every uh, economic strata there are way up since they made all these changes. So it's a very fair and open system, but it's transparent yeah. and the results are quick. I don't care if there's zero fraud going on right now. I mean, I you know, whether you think there is or there isn't, I don't care in a certain sense that you just cannot have week long, ten day long counts. Yeah. Because then everyone's gonna assume that even if there's no fraud happening that there is, because yeah. it looks bad. Yeah. It's like the appearance of you know, when you when you have Pima yeah. County waiting, you know, saying they're going to be a week or more to finish counting 160,000 ballots. Oh, come on. Yeah. And, and there, by the way, much more than Maricopa is where I would assume if there's any sort of shenanigans. Activate the Arizona Rangers and have them count them. Oh, for crying out loud. You know, <laughs> just hand them out in the local grade school and yeah. let the kindergartners <laughs> handle it because at least they know they're one, two, threes. Sam, I, in the last hour, was discussing the Trump-DeSantis um, goings back and forth, and a bunch of people are on hold want to talk about it with us. Happy to do so. If you yeah, want to make an opening salvo or just go straight I, to calls, yeah, let's go absolutely. right to it. We'll just go by people who have been on hold the longest. Tyler's in Peoria. Hello, Tyler. You're on with Sam Stone and me. Hey, Sam. Uh, hey, Seth. I was actually thinking... Two different uh, options here. What if we had a Trump DeSantos ballot? I understand that they're in the same state. Trump would have to declare his residency back in New York. and That way they weren't in the same state during the presidency, vice presidency. Wouldn't matter which one takes the presidency as long as they're on the same ballot. Their tiff back and forth the last couple of days would actually be good for this country because they both have what's best in mind for us. And they would keep themselves balanced that way, having that small tiff. Uh, neither one of them would go the other way. The other option I was thinking of would be a DeSantos-Gabbert ballot, which I believe would just, I, I think it would be close to another Ronald Reagan outcome in the fact that Gabbert's still got a lot of loyal, middle-of-the-aisle Democrats that love her, a lot of libertarians that love her, a lot of independents that love her, and she's middle of the aisle but closer to the right uh causing the additional uh the additional votes that some people may not because they don't like uh DeSantos they might vote just because Gabbert is would be the VP Thanks, Tyler. It would not be the first time that primary candidates who had bitter fights uh, united for the general ticket. Obviously, Biden and Harris is a good example. Reagan and Bush were an example. But what's your what's your thought on that? I I think it's a little bit unlikely. I mean, first, had you not had the, the sort of sniping going on, it would be more likely. But secondly, you have to look at the nature of each individual and whether they're really the type that will serve in a second position. And can they? Right. I, I, right. I really can don't they? think right. they can. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, like Jerry Ford as, for a while was talking about co-presidency with Ronald Reagan. Right. And it just it wasn't going to work. Yeah. It just, yeah. just doesn't fly. Yeah. Right. Um, now, had DeSantis not had the, the time he's had as governor, um, you know, because he served in the U.S. Congress and, and, you know, in there you learn to play ball with others. But as governor, he has really been a singular leader for the state of Florida He's clearly really comfortable with that role and that persona. It's hard to uh, put yourself in a subservient position when that's your nature. Um, 
I tell you who the, the the sleeper to me is for a VP pick for anybody, whether it's Trump or DeSantis, is Christy Noem. Yeah, I, I've been I've been saying that for a while too. I've yeah, been saying, I mean, she won she won by something like three or four points four years ago, and she ran and won by thirty points Tuesday. Yeah, no, she she's a rock star in yeah. South Dakota, and she's a rock star generally. Yeah, I mean, I when you so. hear her and talk, she is really great, um, and and obviously. You know, she just looks like a Western cowgirl who will whoop your booty. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's got that tough, tough Western cowboy gal thing up. down, cowboy up. Um, Especially after all the hits and, the cowboys have been if, taking. For all you know? the talk about DeSantis mm-hmm. uh, in in COVID, mm-hmm. Christy Nome is the one who's, right. who's said no to all of it. Right. There was no lockdown right. in South Dakota. Right. There was no restrictions in South Dakota. Right. They did not go for any of this right. garbage. Right. Even when DeSantis did at the start of it. Mm -hmm. So I don't blame DeSantis at the start of it for being concerned. Lots of people were. But, I mean, if you're looking for the person who charted the right course, Christy Nome charted the right course, which is to treat it like a dang cold or flu, a bad flu. You know, not not that you you don't want to take it seriously if you're elderly, if you're in the high risk group, which they they took steps for that. But. But she turned out to be right while Fauci was being wrong. Exactly. Quoted by all the pan she, she was the rightest of the right. As long as I'm ticking people off, I will. Um, I, I always want to hang an asterisk around Tulsi Gabbard. I think we need to go slow with that one. Honestly, if you look at some of her positions, I, I think we got to go slow. I got to tell you, Seth, I love Tulsi. I think she's fantastic, but I agree 100%. Um, she's a little bit of a wild card. And you just don't know. And when you're talking about the presidency or the vice presidency, yeah. Yeah. especially when you're talking about Trump, yeah. who is a wild card in and of himself, yeah. one of the reasons he chose Pence, and I know a lot of people are not happy with that, is it gave the, the stability to that ticket. Yeah, it right? bolstered the conservative doubts, which is typically what presidential candidates in the Republican Party do. Right. Tulsi would substantiate, as she is today— Liberal, <laughs> liberal positions on a lot of the social issues. She she's all over the map. I mean, she's very much kind of in the libertarianish camp. Yeah, of, you know, very liberal on social issues. Um, you know, but she's not she's but she's not on policing or some of those things. So yeah. she's a very interesting mixed bag. Yeah, which in, in a lot of ways more is more representative of the average American than than either party. Maybe no. no. Um, so be. so there is some merit to There's having some merit her. There. I also get a little nervous when someone says they're leaving the Democratic Party, but they're not quite yet willing to join the Republican Party. That makes me just a little nervous. Yeah, I mean, I you know, here's my take with that. I think she's trying to walk. She's trying to walk the middle. Yeah, and I don't believe in. I, I'm I'm a big. Um, I, I believe in the Mr. Miyagi philosophy. Yep. You walk middle, you get to squish just like grape. Yeah. Hottest places in hell are reserved for those who, in times of great moral crisis, maintain their neutrality. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Delighted to be uh, joined by Sam Stone. He is a man of many parts and many hats. By the way, Seth, I almost never know this, but that was Jimmy Buffett. So 
when George Will was on the speaking circuit in a good conservative circa 1986 or 7 and various groups were asking him to come and speak, he said, I only have one question for you. Where do you stand on the Robert Bork nomination? <laughs> <laughs> I usually ask my guests, where do you stand on Jimmy Buffett? <laughs> where do you stand on Jimmy Buffett? I'm afraid to ask you because no, you, you can't give me a wrong answer. I'm going to have you back forever, but I hope you like him. Oh, no, I'm a total parrot head. Okay, good. There we go. Oh, no, I, I absolutely. That's why I know it right away. I don't All right, even, you're I don't in. Even how much do you hate the Romans? A lot. Okay, you're in. <laughs> Sam Stone is my guest. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. Heather isn't good here. Heather, you're on with Sam and me. Heather. Hello. Hi. This how is are you? Heather from yeah, we're here. Yeah, we're good. good. I um. So my question, well, my statement in question, um, two things. So as the media is gaslighting this DeSantis and Trump situation trying to divide our party like the party is divided um they don't understand we're here in arizona like on pins and needles waiting for our governor to be elected and hopefully our senator and everybody else down the ticket and how do we get to this point after 2020 i mean obviously katie hobbs is in charge and and overseeing the election but how does that even happen in, in reality, like, how do we allow that as a state, as, you know, other politicians to not have had her either step down? And again, I don't know the legalities of it, but her to either have to, you know, step down, which Carrie, we know, is after a million times, and or fix the problem so that when we're at the stage of, you know, election season, how does it get, you know, how did it get to this point? I'm, I'm trying to act the experts because I'm not. No, I hear, I hear it. I hear it, Heather, it. and it's it's a well well phrased question that is on a lot of people's minds. We'll go alphabetically, Sammy. Well, there, there's a couple of things here, and thank you, Heather, actually for for asking about that. I mean, I do believe Katie Hobbs should have recused herself, but to, but to clarify. The secretary of state does not have a role in counting the votes. So they have a role in designing the system and telling people how to – they put out an elections manual. They give gui- guidance and advice to all the county recorders. And then it's the county recorders who count the vote. One of the complications in our system is the county-level differences in how we vote in each area. Um, there's not a unified thing. But the big problem we had here was that the legislature put together a whole bunch of reforms around the election, and those got sabotaged by a handful of Republicans who weren't willing to go along with it. And then uh, the budget and some other things derailed it, and that just didn't happen. And so a lot of those reforms, if we're going to keep the current system we have, they should happen. Um, but but again, what we really need to do is just throw this bloody system out. We have a broken system. I think it's time to accept and acknowledge that. And just, you know, like we were talking about in the last segment, send a team down to Florida and say, hey, we need to copy what you're doing because it works. The um, the there's another part here, too, uh, uh, that Tether's raising, you know, after everything we went through in 2020. It is amazing how much the state legislature did try and had some infighting in trying to reform the election system. And I think there's a message there. Let's 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 get it together, Republicans. Um, And it's a bit of a question about when Larry Elder was running for governor in California. I uh, I predicted that there was no way he couldn't win for a little while when you looked at all the stats in California, all the indicia. 
But some people do get used to decadence in an odd way, Sam. They like the stasis. I guess it works for them, and they don't like stirring up a devil you don't know in favor of one you've gotten comfortable well, one with. Thing it's a that's part of human, weird part of human nature. One thing that's happened, though, also, is that with 2020 and the, the pandemic response, um, Democrats really nationwide developed a very, very effective and efficient ballot turnout, mail ballot turnout operation. And their voters don't care about the stats. They don't care about data. They don't really even seem to care about the world around them. They're voting on what appears to be essentially a theological basis. Mm -hmm. Progressivism is leftism. I don't even like to call it progressivism because there's nothing progressive about it. It's it's harming people. But but leftism is their religion. Mm -hmm. They worship on the altar of Karl Marx and Barack Obama and Bernie Sanders and AOC. And, you know, I mean, we've been warned about false idols. I'm Jewish, but I think that's a good warning for anybody still um, from Christian theology is beware the false idols. And these are false idols, you know, and and they really have fallen victim to that. It's interesting. Someone wrote today, I don't remember who, Democrats with that mail-in point, Sam, they they discovered a great thing with an emergency power that they wanted to extend, whereas Republicans for years were about getting out the vote. We were about getting out the vote. We made, it was effort. For us, effort was all. Yes. They they found an end run through an emergency power. They they did. So the difference is we, but we focused on getting out the vote. They focus on just collecting the vote. that's it. And, I mean, one of the things that worries me, uh, you know, and why I'm more pessimistic about Carrie Lake and Abe Hamaday and, and Blake Masters um, and, and even Tom Horn, um, the reason than, than a lot of people are today, um, because they ballot harvest nationwide on a really hefty scale. And where and when were those ballots turned in? If they were dropped in the mail, we're in good shape. If they were dropped off on Election Day, we're in trouble. And Nobody knows. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the problem. The other thing I would be doing, by the way, because we've gone 20 years without cleaning our voter rolls here, is um, I would be foying every post office that had those ballots. Freedom of Information Act. Yeah, and and what I would be looking for is actually badge swipes, door swipes, security door swipes after hours. Mm -hmm. I would be looking for people because actually, to me, the biggest flaw in vulnerability in our system is in the post office. We talk about a chain of custody for these ballots, but we, there, there's, there's no such thing in reality. They go to the post office. Then what happens to them? Postal union employees are, are, are handling them from there. Yeah. One last thing. Maybe we do need to reform our uh, resign-to-run laws. Maybe we do. We do. But, but uh, to answer the specific of it, the law allows someone to, in Arizona to stay in office while running for up to a point. Um, two examples that come immediately to mind were not that it's right, but that it that it is legal. Uh, Bernovich ran for Senate from his right. p- perch at AG. Uh, Greg Stanton ran for Congress from his perch as mayor. Yes. Right. And so well, so he did actually have to leave. Phoenix, ultimately, he Phoenix had the has timeline. a more aggressive resign to run law than the state of Arizona, which I think is. And we is very good. So that's what needs to be adopted, before he probably. launched. He had to resign. OK. Now. He set up his run from, from the mayor's office. <laughs> it was a I mean, long you know, runway. Yeah. I remember it well. There's, yeah, there's a lot of phone calls made from that office. I but, remember uh, that well. Sam Stone and I will be right back. DeSantis, Trump, Arizona, America, the Republican Party, homelessness, drugs, crime. 
He's an expert on all of that. I am Seth Leibson. He is Sam Stone. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Sam Stone is my guest, 602-508-0960. He's a polymath, so anything on your mind, he is happy to talk about. The thing I like about Sam is he doesn't trim. He uh, just tells you what's on his mind and lets the chips falls. Chips fall. Lance is in Phoenix. Hi, Lance. You're on with Sam Stone. Hi. How are you guys doing today? Good, Lance. Well, how are you? Good, good. Hey, um... You know, I know, uh, you know, Trump was good to us all these years, but, you know, sometimes it's good to put a horse out to pasture, and I think it's time for us to move on to possibly a DeSantis, um, but probably that pathway in any primary is going to be most difficult for anyone other than Trump is uh, convincing the mega MAGA people uh, to dump Trump. And uh, one strategy I think DeSantis should certainly implore is to remind those people it was the uh the trump administration that greenlit the covid um greenlit the wuhan institute of virology funding in 2016 2017 under fauci it was the trump people who listened to fauci when it came to shutting down schools it was the trump people who greenlit closing uh masking on airplanes it was the trump people well, because very quickly, no, you're, you're absolutely right, Lance. And, and I would throw in something else there. I mean, part of that is that people I don't think a lot of people know Trump is a germaphobe and has been his whole life. That's not a new thing. Take hands, right? So when COVID no, came around, he was inclined to to have more precautions. Uh, and I, Lance, you're absolutely right. If I'm DeSantis, that is one of the major areas I run on. But it's not to get the mega magas. They're not going to leave Trump. I mean, this has been my take on a Trump anybody field going forward. If you have Trump in a five person field, Trump will lose. Uh, Trump will win. Pardon me. He's going to have 30 to 35 percent of the vote that are going nowhere. They will be behind him to the end in a one on one. It's a different story. And so for DeSantis to run, if he's going to do it, there needs to be some sort of agreement that there won't be a major field of candidates like last time. Um, Because if you look at it, when Trump won the presidency, won the primary in 2016, he wasn't getting a majority in any state. I mean, it was 30 percent. He only got a solid plurality and and barely and barely eked it out. Yes. Right. And and that plurality is still with him. But but Lance's list is interesting because I do think we tend to give passes where they aren't necessarily uh, warranted. The list could go on. Uh, we talk about universal mail-in balloting. Donald Trump in April, May of 2020 threatened to withhold COVID funds to states that did it, and they screamed and he caved. Um, there's no reason Deborah Burks and Anthony Fauci had to be fired, but they didn't have to lead the strategy and they didn't have to be the spokesman. I mean, we can do this. Well, I would have loved to see Fauci yeah. fired because I knew about him from the 80s. Yeah, I, so the I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, I would have loved to see him fired any time between now and the, then and now. But no. <clears throat> um, the other the other last final point I'll make is um, Lance. I I don't. You know, I don't know Mega Maga really what it what it means. I think we should just say ardent Trump supporters. I mean, I think I, I know a lot. It, it's it's like the word almost libertarian in a way. It, it seems to be defined I mean, by whatever so individual yeah. is is holding up that appellation. 
I don't know that well, it has a definition. Ask, ask you all a question. As soon as you come out with a vaccine, because, you know, most vaccines in America and around the world, as soon as you have a vaccine for ABC disease, it's almost always required, right? So in the initial legislation to fund COVID-19, you know, therapy slash vaccine, who, why in the world did we not write into the legislation any government funding used to make a vaccine shall not be uh, used, coerced, forced uh, onto by any individual government or corporation or said vaccine will not be allowed. Well, I, one be thing, Lance, I don't think there's ever been a federally mandated vaccine. I don't think there's ever there, been there's one. A, there's Polio a CDC wasn't. schedule right. that is recommended right. that it's then a lot of been states a, right, adopt exactly, exactly. as a mandate themselves. Yeah. But, and, but the states have the ability to say no. Santos was pretty good on that. And, uh, and, and he was. And, and so that's actually that's an interesting thing. Trump's big mistake with the vaccine was not being more skeptical of it. That's right. That was an interesting fight, too. He kind of missed where the conservative movement went after the, uh, 2021. He was still bragging about the vaccines when we were saying, mm, not so sure. He wanted no, that. I mean, if you remember, much. that was his that was his path yeah. out of COVID yeah. and out from under the, the yeah. damage he was taking. Yeah. And, and I understand grasping at it, but that was a, a ba- ended up being a bad. It, it ended up uh, leading to the abuse of it. Uh, I'm Seth. He's Sam. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Having so much fun, I should be arrested, I.F. Stone once said. But when Sam's here, it's true. I am Seth Leibson. He is Sam Stone. Anything on your mind? Jason is in Phoenix. Hello, Jason. Hi. Can you guys hear me? You bet. Hey. Uh, uh, hi, Sam. I, I voted for you. Oh, thank you, Jason. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. Um, just the, the, we're kind of trying to narrow down some of this conversation here, but, um, reference everybody calling in, um, bottom line is I'm, I like DeSantis a lot. He's, he's awesome. Phenomenal. And yeah, I'd vote for him. Obviously if he was, uh, our candidate, um, I, I, I'm not like for abandoning Trump just because of the baggage and everything that everybody's talking about is what I think people are failing to understand is. It's going to be the same thing. I think the left really fears DeSantis the most. But uh, by the time he got to the general election, I'm sure they're going to have him labeled as a racist, hating women, attacking social They did it to Goldwater. They did it to Reagan. They did it to Bush. They did it to Romney. They did it to McCain. You bet. I think I heard it on this show. um, Maybe it was on uh, a different show, but they were talking about how – they're going to get dragged through the mud anyway. Yeah. And we can't look for validation and approval from people that are on the Democrat, progressive, Correct. liberal side. Because they don't put forth any any candidates that have any kind of character. So we need to be on our own here. And I, I'm, I still want to roll the dice with Trump. But like I said, I'll, I'll stick with – I'll vote for DeSantis because I like him too. Sam? Yeah, I mean – I. I can certainly understand that thinking. And, and look, I think the, maybe the thing that I appreciate the most about Trump was that when they threw all those slings and arrows at him, he didn't care. Right. You know, he shrugged them off and brushed them off and kept moving forward. And Republicans had waited a lot of years for a leader who would do that. 
Be careful of the Republican that does care. Right. That's the Romneys and McCains. Reagan had a different way of handling it. I think DeSantis doesn't care. I don't think he does either. Right. And in fact, I you know, we've done some work with him in Florida, so I I've gotten to know his team a little bit and met him a few times kind of thing. I wouldn't want to say I know him, but I mean, been around him enough to see. He does not care at all. I mean, he's he's a guy who's going to go straight forward. He kind of relishes it. Mm-hmm. And if you saw him put out, I think it was a month or two ago, he actually put out a rules for dealing with the media list. Oh, no, I got, you got to send it oh, to Oh, no, me. yeah, I will. It's fantastic because he laid out exactly how he deals with all those slings and arrows. And I think every Republican candidate in the country should follow, which was – Carrie do, using it a little bit, it yeah, seems no, like. No, she actually is. And yeah. a lot of it was, you know, don't you don't have to start the attacks. But if they attack, you finish it. Mm-hmm. You come back at them hard. Yep. You you disabuse their narratives. You come I have to tell them. you, I think he's better at it than Trump. You know, here's the here's the thing about Trump that is the most problematic and, and where he got in trouble um, and allows the left to frame the narrative, not for the left. I don't, I don't care what the 35 percent of this country that's on the left thinks. They're nuts. But you got to care what the independents think. Yep. You got to care what people who are just left of center think, because that's how we win elections. So you've got to have them plus your base, whichever side you are, us or Dems. We have the same mission every election. So you need people that care. Trump's word salad is his biggest weakness. Yeah, yeah. Um, if he would work off a Charlottesville t- thing would have never been an issue. Right. No, it would never be an issue with right. DeSantis because he would have been reading. Well, DeSantis actually doesn't use a teleprompter either, um, but he's more controlled. And DeSantis has a, a close to eidetic memory so he can go through a speech ahead of time and he doesn't need the prompter and he can still stick to the speech. But look, if you're not that and 99.99% of people aren't, then use the dang prompter for big speeches. I know if you're just t- answering media questions off the cuff, it's one thing. But the other thing, and I've I've told Carrie this too, because she has a, a tendency to kind of carry on, you know, like I'm doing right now, um, <laughs> is just stop. Make your point and stop. And that's DeSantis does really well. He really does. It's a very staccato. It's a very it's a very clear finish. And he does. He 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 does shame them. We were talking last week about how some of these media just keep coming back and asking for more. Maybe the media is a little better in Florida. I don't know. Maybe it isn't. But it does seem that um, it does seem that they 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 have learned to back off from him when he's on a roll against them. Well, first, they've learned that he's more prepared than they are, yeah, right? Yeah, he really, yeah. And, and that wasn't always the case yeah. with Trump. Yeah. Um, so he, he, he's going to have facts. When yeah. they try to come at him and they try to distort a narrative, he's going to have facts. That, don't say gay b- nonsense. He was masterful. He was at masterful at that. Master, he knew that law uh, idatically, I guess. Right. Yeah. And he, and he knows. I mean, the guy is a speed reader. But he, I, mean, I mean, he really consumes information tremendously well. And you, again, you don't need any of that to be a great leader, but you do need discipline. Mm-hmm. And that was Trump's biggest weakness. And it, it still is. I mean, if you look at what's going on right now, the thing that makes me most hesitant, I, I love Trump. I love what he did in office. I, you know, I kind of like the, the kind of blowhard kind of guys. I'm, I'm a, I'm a New York, Boston guy when I, you know, I grew up, I'm. I grew up on a playground trading yo mama insults yeah, with you all get my the language. It's a language you understand. Yeah, it's not um, a language the rest of the country does. By no, the by the way, and that's a big that's part a of big Trump's part disconnect. Of yeah. um, but but so I, I really like and respect the guy, but he is not as controlled as he needs to be. 
And that's a big deal when you're talking about the presidency. Yeah. You got to control your language. Charlottesville, when that came out, I remember like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe he said that. That was my reaction. And then I started thinking, OK, maybe he didn't because this right. is the press. But that's the problem. To, right. Who has the time to work out exactly what sentence referred to what pronoun? And then being me, I go and look at the transcript right. and it's clear he yeah. didn't say what they're framing right. it, as right. he said, right. that he was talking about something. But it wasn't clear. No. And that's the problem. You yep. can if you give, if you give the left room. They will tear you to pieces. And he gives them room. And he gives them room by not, not being disciplined. DeSantis really disciplined, understands not to give him that. I agree with that analysis very well, very much so. Nick is in Buckeye. Hello, Nick. At the Seth and Sam show, I, I love it. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. <laughs> Two um, shows every Thursday. Nice, nice. I'm kidding. Well, I'm kidding. I, just wanted to, I just wanted to kind of um, dive into the DeSantis drum thing. Yeah. And um, I really, I'm one of those guys, I was a diehard Trump guy, but just these last few days, seeing what he's been doing uh, on his social media, talking about um, he's got dirt he's going to let out on DeSantis if, if he runs. That, and just a couple other things, it, it's really bothering. And um, it's, I have swayed over to DeSantis now, <clears throat> if he does run, and there's no way I'm going to change my mind if he does run and I, that's one of the main nick yeah. i, I gotta me, tell let me you take a quick commercial it's a big point can we yeah, just hit the yeah, commercial absolutely and, yeah and nick if you want to follow up i'll keep you on hold it's up to you let's hit that commercial real quick and sam stone will come right back on that point with me mood i am seth leaps and he is sam stone nick if you're still there you were talking about um the, the the attacks on desantis are really what have moved you the unnecessary attacks on desantis by donald trump i'll let sam uh, make an interesting uh, observation on this well nick i i think that's a, an interesting point and i'm talking to a lot of republicans who are having the same reaction today and, and yesterday that you are and i think there's a difference that maybe hasn't been highlighted when trump has attacked other republicans in the past there's been a reason for it that they have disagreed with him. They have worked against him on something. They're opposing his agenda in some way, you know, whether it's Mike Pence or Mitch McConnell or whoever it is. When he's been critical of them, it was based on some sort of conflict of of outcome. His attack on DeSantis is based on a conflict of opportunity. DeSantis has not stepped out of line. He's not disagreed with Trump. He hasn't gone after Trump. He hasn't criticized him. He hasn't tried to thwart his agenda. DeSantis is simply in his way because DeSantis might be a better candidate. And so these attacks are totally unprovoked on a guy who just had the best day of any Republican in the country and who earned it. And there's a lot of Republicans, uh, Nick, like you and even myself, that this is a very, very disconcerting thing to watch because DeSantis is as loyal a Republican soldier as there is in this country. He has saluted the flag. He has saluted the command structure in politics. And I'm sorry, you can't go after a guy like that just because you think he might get in your way and win an election that you'd rather have. That's there's there's a difference between going after someone who's thwarting something you're trying to achieve in the world of politics 
in going after someone who's simply a threat because they could be a rival. Nick, what do you think? What do you say? Is that your point? Yeah, it is. Um, it's and it's like you said, it's unprovoked, and it, it really bothers me. Yeah. And um, he's got no reason to say any of the things that he's been saying. And I mean, Sam, you said it one hundred percent. I mean, that's exactly how I feel. Yeah, you know, and um, I, I, I yeah, one. one wonders if we're watching an unraveling of a bit. The way Nixon, yeah. I, I made the point yesterday. If you watch Nixon's farewell address to his staff, not the formal resignation, but it's a beautiful one of the best speeches of the one of the best unscripted speeches of the twentieth century is Richard Nixon's farewell address. And at the very end, he said he was his own undoing. He was his own undoing. And this this may actually be Trump's because there's a lot of people who like Ron DeSantis yeah. and yeah. who like what he's done in Florida and should. All right, Sam, we're all thinking of you. We're all pushing for you. We're all fingers crossed. You. If you can cross your toes, do that, too. I need it. All right, brother. Don't go away. We have a lot more coming right up.